What is up, guys? You're listening to the MF CEO Project. I'm Andy. I'm your host, and I am the motherfucking CEO. Guys, if this is your first time, welcome. This is an entrepreneurial, self-development, personal development podcast. Everything we talk about on this podcast is applicable to every kind of person, okay? It doesn't matter if you own a company, if you work within the framework of a company, if you don't have a job, if you're making fucking burgers at McDonald's. The things you will learn here are are applicable to you improving the quality of your life, specifically and most often talked about the amount of fucking money that you make. And we like fucking money here. All right. We're not like the rest of society that says money is this bad thing. I love fucking money. I love it. Okay. Um, I also understand, and my goal here is for you to also understand the way that you earn money has to do with the quality of person you are and the quality of service or product you provide. So we talk about a lot of things that most people don't talk about when it comes to how to earn money, how to improve, how to be better. And, uh, you know, if this is, you know, if you're looking for the same old shit, you know, that you want to listen to from somebody else, this isn't going to be it. Now, before we get started, guys, we do this for free. I'm not selling you anything. I don't charge you anything. Um, actually, I go through a lot of personal expense to put this show on. I got to pay Vaughn, my co-host, the pastor of disaster. I got to pay Tyler. I've got to pay to produce it. And it costs me a lot of money, um, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. If you find value in the podcast, I would like to make a deal with you, okay? I love putting this information out. It's important to me. I want to bring to you guys the things I've learned over the last 18 years of being in business so that maybe you can skip some of the painful lessons that I've had to learn. If you find value in the podcast, I would ask that you do three things for me. One, go to iTunes and leave us a review. Two, go and subscribe to the podcast. Those two things is are what the internet ranks our podcast on. And if we don't have people doing those things, we don't get ranked. It's not just about downloads. It's about subscriptions and also reviews. So, guys, if you could do those things for us, it would be a very, very much appreciated favor. Uh, And number three, if you have like-minded friends who are interested in improving their lives, becoming better, becoming more successful... um, you know, let them know about us. We're a no bullshit group here. We don't, we don't fluff it up. We're not going to sit here and tell you that everything's perfect, but we are going to tell you how to get through shit when it's not perfect. And I think that's extremely valuable in today's world because most people want to tell you how great everything is and how fun everything is and how you could be rich in 12 fucking weeks because you buy their program. And that's just not what you're going to get here. You're going to get the truth. So uh, if you know some people, you know, refer them in. So now, with that being said, guys, today is Tuesday, and we usually do two podcasts a week. Tuesdays, we do a more practical podcast. Thursdays, we do a more uh, motivational podcast, usually called Thursday Thunders. Um, On Tuesday, I'm joined by my co-host, Vaughn the Impaler, the pastor of disaster. What's going on, my man? Uh, Things are good, man, and... uh I don't know. I was going to tell you because you always ask me, you know, like, what's up or how are you doing? And I was going to say, I feel like the better I'm doing, the more I have difficulty adjusting to this culture because the more I improve as a person, the more it's harder to live in what America seems to be becoming. 
Oh, man. Does that sound really negative? No. It's the truth. The more aware you become, the more you separate yourself from the fucking herd of sheep that are out there. Whatever the fuck it's called. A herd, a pack. Yeah. What is it? A herd? Yeah, probably a herd. You know, whatever it is, the more you separate from that and the more you start to become aware and the more you start to see, I think it's natural to, to, to not only feel like an oddball, but also be very frustrated with how other people think. Mm-hmm. I find myself in that boat a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think the thing that's really frustrating to me is, and this isn't me being humble, I, I don't really think of myself as a truly exceptional person, and yet I'm looking around going, man, things that used to be common sense are truly exceptional. Right. I mean, it's yeah, you got a lot so of people. I'm being really negative today, but I no, you I got just, a lot of people out there, you know, uh, you know, wanting a round of applause f- to for doing shit that they're fucking supposed to do. Right. You know what I mean? Like they're right. like they're doing something amazing. Oh, I pay my bills. Oh, I got a job. Yeah, motherfucker, you're supposed to. Right. Oh, I raised my kids the right way. Yeah, you're fucking supposed to. You know, the standard has definitely been lowered in terms of what people think is exceptional. Yeah. Amongst the sheep. Yeah. You know what I mean? Definitely. I feel like we're on, you know, we're on the third decade of the influence of political correctness and people still are getting their panties in a wad about stupid stuff. You know, I don't see it changing. I don't either. I hope, I hope more and more people, I mean, we're getting more and more numbers that are following the well, podcast. Well, I think that, that's, so I, hopefully the tide is turning a little that's bit. That's the mission of this whole, yeah. this is why it's called a project. It's called a project because our goal is to help reverse some of this nonsense that's been taught to these people for the last 25 years you know um it's a movement it's not it's a movement against the political correct the fluffy everybody wins everybody gets a trophy you know it's i think it's people like you and i and and the people listening standing up and saying we've had enough right we've had enough of this shit it doesn't work is it a nice idea is it a good idea that everybody wins and everybody's special and everybody gets a fucking trophy yeah it's a great idea. Does it work in real life? Is it practical? Absolutely not. It's just not the way it is. Yeah. That's a great hashtag. We've had enough or the name of a speaking tour or something. Well, dude, I mean, but, you have all these people out there expecting to win without putting any real effort just because they were fucking born. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when those people get out in the real world because their parents never taught them the right shit because they wanted them to have, quote unquote, self-esteem and good, good self-worth, the opposite happens. They go out, they get fucking stomped on, they get pissed off, they get depressed, they have no self-esteem, no self-worth, and, you know, they wonder why their life sucks. Well, their life sucks because you were never taught the reality of what life's about. Right. You know what I mean? I'm still shaking my head that uh, after you posted that thing about the importance of earning self-esteem, some guy posted that that was a dangerous and hurtful message. How is... I don't... I I have no idea, dude. I, I... Dangerous and hurtful. Snowflakes come out on stuff like that. Snowflakes come out, man. Yeah. Whenever you when you talk about self esteem and you talk about self worth, the confidence, you know, people people think that those things are are that you're entitled to have those things because you breathe air and you you know you you're alive and like everything else, if you don't do things to make you feel that way, you're not going to feel that way. And you could do all the fucking chants and all the mantras and all the fucking personal affirmations and and go to all the self-help groups and go to all the therapy you want and be told you're great by everybody else but at the end of the day self-esteem self-worth confidence those things come from within and they have to be authentically believed by you because of the things that you have put yourself through and learned and overcome 
and that's it, you know? And if people don't understand that, they're always going to feel like shit about themselves. But because these people, like that guy you're talking about, has been taught for 30 fucking years that you're just supposed to have it, and if you don't just have it, that there's something wrong with you, you know, you can't expect someone who's always been taught one thing to hear something else once and then be like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Right. You know? Right. So. Crazy. Yeah. What are we talking about today? You know, the thing I want to talk about today is, you know, I get a lot of questions and we get so many things, so many comments from entrepreneurs and, you know, so many fears, you know, things that people are afraid of and that, that, that keep them paralyzed and that they ask questions as if like the answer is going to make or break them. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking, you know, it's sort of like being afraid of the boogeyman when you're a kid, right? right? Like you're, you, you know, your parents tell you it doesn't exist because they've grown up and they've realized it doesn't exist. But until you figure out that it doesn't exist, it's hard to believe that it doesn't exist. You know what I mean? You're yeah. always looking at the fucking crack in the closet door <laughs> or under your bed. And I want to take the moment because I think our listeners are very intelligent and I think they do listen to what we say um, to talk about, you know, the quote unquote boogeyman that don't exist when it comes to entrepreneurship. You know, what are the things that people are afraid of that they shouldn't be afraid of? You know what I mean? And there's a lot of things you should be afraid of. But what are the things that people are afraid of that keep them from moving forward that are really irrelevant fears? You know, they're, they're just not, they're non-factors. And I'd like to talk about a few of those today. I think, you know, five or six of those uh, kind of go through that from my experience. Because, guys, remember, I've been where you are. I know what it's like to fucking be, you know, where you are and not be certain and not have confidence and not have, uh, you know, you're always thinking like, man, I wonder if I'm going to be one of these people who actually makes it. And you think about all these things. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think that it's important for these younger guys. And when I say younger, I mean, entrepreneurial younger, not physical age younger to hear that some of the shit that they're worrying about is a waste of time. You know what I mean? Right. So, so th this sounds like a, a mindset podcast, but as you're always saying, you know, your mindset affects your action and ob obviously your actions affect how much money you make. So lest anybody be concerned, this is it's all practical. This is all practical. Yeah. Yeah. It's all practical. Philosophical and practical. Yeah. So nice. the first thing that, um, the first thing that I hear all the time is the economy. You know what I mean? People hear, oh, the economy's getting ready to burst or we're in a bad economy or we're this or that. And they love to use the economy as an excuse as to why they're not doing something. You know, oh, it's not the right time. Oh, it's, you know, the economy's getting ready to pop. Oh, this, that, blah, 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 blah. Look, there's always a good economy for great products. There's always a good economy for fucking great service. There's always a good economy for the best. It just... It always has been. It always will be. And people love to use the bad economy as an excuse as to why they're not getting shit done. Um, you know, for us, from 2007, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, and 12, in retail business, we double business every fucking year. And what is arguably the worst economy that's ever existed in the history of the United States. 
for retail. Right. The 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 years that you just mentioned are pretty much the high point. Right. Of the worst. Right. Yeah. And people people look at it one of two ways. Okay. When shit goes bad in the economy, ninety eight percent of the people. Look at it like this. Well, it's time to go into our shell. Let's pull in a shell. Let's stop marketing. Let's stop developing new products. Let's stop developing new service. Let's stop creating. And let's go hide until the economy gets better. And then we'll come out and we'll fucking dominate. Mm-hmm. And then you got the 2% of the other guys, which are like me, and they see it as a land grab. They say, okay, everybody else is pulling in. This is a time for us to go on the offense and do everything we can to grab market share. And those are the companies that win. It's counterintuitive, absolutely. But when everybody else is on the fucking retreat, that's time for you to go on the offense. The bad economy, if it's a legit bad economy, scares so many people into pulling in and hiding in their shell that it creates tremendous opportunity for people that are savvy and aggressive. So you guys, the bad economy, not only is it not a relevant excuse, it's actually an amazing opportunity to grow your business. So... Mm -hmm. Uh, that's that's the biggest one. That's the one that people say the most. I think it's interesting that your business thrived and your business, I mean, I think you would agree with this. What you sell is not what one would call like a, a life necessity. Fuck no, man. So it's Nobody wants thing- fucking protein powder. You right. got to convince them. Right. And you and, know what people want? They want fucking beer and they right. want whiskey. Dude, that's my biggest mistake. Dude, if I sold shit people actually wanted, I'd be a billionaire. Right. I'm not kidding. Yeah, no. I, I tell Chris this all the time. Like, if I sold shit that people actually wanted to buy, I would be a fucking billionaire. But instead, I sell shit that people think they need, okay? And they need it because they need to be healthier, and they need to be, you know, they need to live longer, they need to perform better. But none of that shit, that that all takes hard work. So you're you're battling not only the fact that they don't want it, but you're also battling the fact that when they buy it, they've got to go do work. It's a psychological barrier, you know? So this people think this business is so fucking easy and anybody who's in it, anybody who's in it and made it in this business. And when I say make it, I mean like, you know, they've done well, they've created jobs. I have massive respect because I cannot imagine a harder fucking industry to be in. It's just not, it's, it's hard. And, um, you know, that's, that's the one thing I wish I would do differently. Like people ask, what's your biggest regret? Uh, I love what we do because we're able to impact lives. You know what I mean? Like, I love that. But like, if I'm like, you know, if I'm, I don't know, part of me sometimes regrets like selling, not trying to find something that people want versus selling something people need. Right. This is a little bit a tangent, but you're also in an industry and you sell a product that the your success depends on people continuing to buy that product. That's right. And and you're in an area of life where so many people buy a product once and then just give up. Right. So it really is a testament to your ability to help come alongside people who are right. using your product and help them persevere. Right. Which is all, again all That's part our business. Of it. Yeah. And that's that's, our that's whole business. why you succeeded yeah. when the all, economy was Our whole business is not sell protein powder or supplements. Our business is get people results hold their hand, walk them through, do it with them, make them believe they can do it, which is where I've developed my skills to be a a motivator. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because if I can't help people stick to something, we can't stay in business. Right. So, you know, it's a, that's a great way to, yeah, it's a big (laughs) fucking deal. Uh, I learned that lesson real fucking quick, (laughs) but you know, I will say this. 
I love our I love our industry because there's I can't think of another industry where your your actual someone's actual life changing for the better is directly like directly tied to your income directly tied to your income mm-hmm. it's a good feeling it lets you sleep at night you know yeah. what I'm saying yeah like you sleep real good definitely and we very rarely ever do this I, I think I'm not exactly sure why but um you know, we have a, a huge increase in the number of listeners, and I think we probably take it for granted that they even know your oh, yeah. companies. Firstform.com. So yeah. For, uh, One S-T-P-H-O-R-M.com. Yeah. yeah. So if you're new, check it out. <clears throat> so moving on to the point number two, this is probably the second most popular thing that people say. Uh, and they always say this shit when they're wanting to meet with you. Uh, you know, like, oh, I want to have a meeting, but I don't, but I want you to sign an NDA. <laughs> Motherfucker, I'm not signing an NDA for your fucking whatever. You know, first of all, I don't have time to do your fucking ideas. Second of all, it's probably not even that good. You know what I mean? Right. Like, because you're not going to go do it. And the second point is this. Andy, I don't know what to do, you know, because I want to try to find people to help me. But, you know, if I get tell people my idea, someone's going to fucking steal it. Dude, get over it. First of all, your idea has probably been thought of a million times. Second of all, it doesn't matter how good your idea is. What matters is, is how good you execute on it. Okay? There's a lot of really shit ideas that have made hundreds of millions of dollars because someone went out and executed there's a lot of great fucking ideas that made zero dollars because people couldn't execute properly. It's not about the idea. It's about being able to execute on the idea. You know, when you're worried about someone stealing your idea, you know, that's time where you should be polishing the skills, working on your own ability, learning new new tricks, new trades, networking with people that know how to market, how to sell, how to fulfill so that you could execute properly. But no, your fucking pea brain is worried about somebody stealing your idea because your ego is so fucking big. You think you have the greatest fucking idea ever. It's not about the idea. It's about your ability to execute. So stop worrying about you know, what someone's going to do with your fucking idea and start worrying about developing your skill. Take that same energy that you would have and start worrying about how am I going to develop the skills I need to do to make this fucking happen. Which is why you're so candid and transparent about... Yeah, I don't give a shit if people know what we do. do things. Right. Your like, whole culture dude, is, I have people this is tell what we're me, doing. I have people tell me, they're like, oh, Andy... Uh, you know, I listen to your podcast, but how do you really do shit? I'm like, dude, <laughs> I fucking tell you on the podcast, but you know why Why it doesn't matter? Because people won't do it. Because it's hard. And it takes work. And it takes 10 years of fucking practice to get good at it. And it takes a lot of fucking bullshit. You know, I don't go on vacations. I don't go on... Uh, you know, to the I have a lake house I've been... I've owned for four fucking years. I've been to twice. You know what I'm saying? Like... I don't do shit like that. You know what I do? I fucking work. You know, I got up this morning. Everybody was talking about the Golden State uh, Cavs game last night. And I'm fucking, I'm, they're like, oh, you know, did you watch the game? No, motherfucker. I didn't watch the game. You know why? Because I'm in the fucking game. I'm in the game every fucking day. I don't need to watch the fucking game. You know, this is not a normal life. This is not a life for everybody. If you want your game time, that's fine. 
It's just not for me. And you're not going to develop the skills you need to execute if you're spending energy worried about some dude that's going to steal your fucking idea. And, and, and this is a PS to this point, and I've mentioned it already, but I want to hit it again. If you're looking for someone to help you or mentor you or invest in your, in your idea, and you go up to them like, and say, oh, well, you got to sign an NDA, you're, I would tell you to fuck off. Okay, not because I want to steal your idea, but because you're basically set telling me that your idea is so good that I'm going to drop everything I do and all the shit I have going on to pursue your fucking idea when you've never even done anything. Right. Get the fuck out of here. I want your help, but I don't trust you. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like, dude, you, Fleischman and I talk about this all the time. Dan Fleischman. We laugh our asses off at people that do that. Like people that come to us and say, oh, you signed an NDA. Get the fuck out of here, dude. Like I won't even, I won't even discuss it. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just disrespectful. You know what though? You said this before, and I think buried in that whole approach is the idea that um, you find opportunities rather than you create opportunities. You know, like the person that says, "Oh, I just discovered an idea that nobody else is. I've, I've got to hold on to this." Instead of just saying, "Well, other people might have discovered this idea. It doesn't matter. I'm going to create." the idea i'm gonna i'm gonna create the opportunity i'm gonna i'm gonna squeeze the potential out of it you know what i'm saying yeah you see the that, connection i'm making yeah that actually leads into the, the third thing i want to talk about which is the which is the other version of this same question which is i had this idea but i found out it's great but i found out someone already did it <laughs> well okay can you do it better can you do it more effectively? Can you execute better? Can you bring a twist to it that no one has? Can you, you know, there's a, what's that old saying? I don't know exactly how it goes, but the first guy through is one with arrows in his back. You know what I mean? What can you learn from the guy who already came up with the idea that wasn't able to execute it maybe to his full potential? How about you take what you watch them, observe them and learn from them and then go out and make it better for you? You know, and that doesn't happen because people think, Dude, it's the home run mentality, man. Or let's call it the grand slam mentality. People think they're going to hit a grand slam. You know what I mean? They think, like, oh, I got this idea. I'm going to make fucking millions. And then they get like, then they see someone else that kind of has it, the idea, right? And they're like, oh, well, fuck. Well, what if you hit a motherfucking triple? Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, right. It's still pretty good. Right. So you dated yourself the other day by referring to Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Yeah, but be excellent what, to each other. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a, it's a great a great movie. But if you said to kids right now, millennials, if you said, listen, in 1981, there was a toy that came out. And it, it was a toy where it was like different vehicles that transformed into, into uh, ooh, I just let it go, uh, into like robots. And I said... I'll give you a million dollars if you tell me the name of that toy. What they would go, they say? Oh, oh, Transformers. And they would be wrong. Wrong. That's right. Why? Because there was a toy before that that did the same thing. They just weren't able to fucking market it. You right. know why nobody knows that? Because they weren't able to fucking execute. Right. What was it called? Nobody heard of GoBots exactly. after like the 90. Or exactly. Not even that. And but that's I mean there's all sorts of examples of that. Somebody comes out with a, gr- Dude, look, a great idea. Dude, business but then the next is competition, man. It's evolution. It's it's taking something. You know, you don't have to have the most ri- that. You know what? This is actually like a three A, 3A, right? Okay, it's an extra point we don't have, but it's it's a good point. You don't have to have an original idea. You've just got to take the original idea and make it better, and 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 better enough to where people say, oh, you know what? I want to buy that. 
And a lot of people will not even start or get into something or talk about something. This goes for this goes for like management and and middle management and all the people within an organization as well. They won't they won't like let's say they see something going on in a company and they say, Oh, well, they've already got this quote-unquote policy in place obviously they've already thought about it they won't even voice the the idea they have right because they've already seen that it's been addressed when in reality what if they have a twist on it that actually makes it that much more effective then you're being valuable you know what i mean and you don't have to go into your boss's office and be like oh you know i there's a way to approach this you know what i'm saying like you don't go into your boss's office and say, oh i fucking thought of this idea it's going to make this one much better you go in and you say, hey, you know, I know you've been doing this for a long time and, and, you know, I respect it. I love the way you work here. Here's something I noticed. And I was wondering if you ever thought about that before, because I think that maybe, you know, it could help. And the guy, the the, the manager or the boss or the CEO, whoever you talk to, is either going to say, yeah, we, we thought of that before. And this is we did that. And this is why it didn't work. Or they're going to say, man, you know what? That's actually a really good idea. Let's try that. And then you know what they're going to say as soon as you walk out the office? They're going to say, damn, dude, I like that guy. Yeah. Asking questions is very effective. Right. Right. Instead yeah. of instead of saying, oh, I got this great idea. It's so much better. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there's just a way to present those things. Well, going back to what you're saying about people's obsession with being original, I have heard you say that original, being original is never as good as being exceptional. You know? Ever. Ever. Right. It's who cares if you're the first person to think of something as if, if you don't execute it right in an it doesn't matter way. yeah it yeah. doesn't matter so. and uh you know so many people get caught up in the originality and not and not enough in investing into themselves into becoming excellent which was our last podcast right right um you know reading uh studying you know, role modeling people who have done the things you want to do, developing skills you need to develop. You know, right now I'm spending a lot of time, you know, learning how to write again. You know, I, I was I used to write for 10 fucking years. I wrote all our ad copy. I wrote all of our copyright. I wrote everything. I Then I for the last eight years, I haven't done shit with that. So I'm trying to get back to that yeah. because it's important to what we're doing. Yeah. You know, and it, there's just points to there's just points that need to be thought through and addressed and skills that need to be developed and worrying about it being original or somebody else having done the idea or somebody stealing your idea. They just take away from the energy that you could be using to improve yourself. So you can make the quote unquote idea an actual success. Right. Of course, there's another really good point of news for people who say, Oh, I, I want to do this, but there's already people out there doing it, making money. What's the good news? The good news is it works. Yeah. There's a market for it. <laughs> right. Exactly. So you didn't have to discover that there wasn't a market yeah, for it. Somebody a, else discovered That's another that. point too, man. Yeah. That's a really good point. People people highly underestimate the, the, the market share. You know, I mean, there's a lot of fucking people in this world. You know what I mean? Right. You, just because someone else is making $10 million a year doesn't mean that he's making all the money that can be made. You, you could make $20 million a year. You don't fucking know. Well, dude, how many how many nutritional supplement companies were there when you went into business? A fucking shitload. Yeah, still a shitload. Yeah, and and probably quite a few giants. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and I love the fact that you didn't say, "Oh well, there's no," you know, it's a scarcity. Yeah, there's no way that I can I can make money in this. You just executed better. Right. You know, 
That's awesome. Trying to, you know, working on it. Yeah. Um, so point number four, uh, this is something that, you know, people say a lot as well. Uh, they got in business, they've got something going, uh, they're working, which is great because you're like way ahead of most people. Most people never get, they never even get started. They just keep listening to podcasts like this, reading shit, liking shit on the internet, posting motivational shit, and then they don't do anything. So this, this comes from the people who are in business, which is, first of all, I mean, you're, you're, you're in the top 1% just to even fucking go out and do it. So, uh, but it's the idea of Andy, you know what? Like when I first started business, I was trying to do X and now I've deviated from my original plan and I feel like I'm failing because my, my original mission was X. Okay. You have to realize that business is an evolution. It's not, it's your business plan is not, didn't come down from the heavens on fucking stone tablets and you know it's not the 10 commandments of your business plan your business plan is a general direction of where you want to go and as you become more experienced as you become more seasoned and get you know more bad things and good things that are going to happen to you along this journey you are going to get in a situation where you're going to come up with new ideas and you're going to see new paths and you're going to you're going to evolve and your mission is going to evolve and that is normal. That's how it's supposed to go. But so many people, when they see like, like I dealt with this one guy in business and he would always say, well, that's not what we're good at. Like I would say, okay, well, why, why, why don't you guys do this? Well, that's not what we're good at. Yeah, but you could make X amount of extra dollars by doing this, but that's not what we do. That's not what we're good at. And it got so fucking old. Finally, I'm like, look, man. Your job in business is to get fucking good at that because your job is to sell shit and make fucking money, right? They got people want to people and you have if you're a CEO, you have to watch your managers like a fucking hawk when it comes to this because your managers don't want to do generally the extra work. And they see you change in directions or they see you evolve or they see you want to do something new, they're going to come at you and say, oh, "Andy, you know, I don't know. I don't know if that's a good idea. You know, that's not what we do here." Right? Well, doing the same thing over and over again for 20 fucking years, you won't make it 20 years. You've got to evolve. You've got to adjust. You've got to learn new skills. You've got to learn new things. And people who, people who actually have to help you execute will sometimes try to talk you out of it. So that's where the questioning comes from because people will freak out. They'll be like, they, you know, if you're a CEO and you've got seven managers and they're all telling you, that it's not a good idea because the reality is, is they don't want to stay till fucking nine o'clock at night. They want to go home and, you know, watch fucking TV and drink beer. They don't want to develop. They don't want to do it yeah. because it's, it changes their routine, but you know, it's going to work. You have to be, you know, strong enough to stand up and say, Hey, we're fucking doing this and you're either in it or you're out, you know, and you can't let people scare you out of evolution because evolution is a necessary thing for survival and, and obviously thriving too. Um, so the business plan is not the, uh, as you put it, stone tablet. It's more of like a living document. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's just, a, it's a fluid thing. It's, you know, you're, you're constantly getting inputs every single dude. It's like going down, it's like going down a river, uh, a river rapid, right? You're in the boat, you're going down and you're like, all right, well, we're going to go to the right over here and then we're going to go around these rocks and then we're going to go to the left. 
And then that day the current runs a little bit different and you're, the fucking current takes you over to the left instead of the right. What do you do? You say, hey, well, I guess we're going fucking left. Let's figure it out. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's what business is like. It's a fluid thing. It's an evolution. It's a constant. It's a constant. Uh, it's a constant. I guess like. I'm trying to think of the word I'm looking for here. Transformation. No, like you have to constantly be aware and in tune with the inputs that you're getting and, and then you have to make adjusting. The, yeah. It's a yeah. constant adjustment all the time. You yeah. know what I mean? And you have to be in tune with the inputs you're getting and then make the proper output decisions. And that's what it is. You know, we can make a plan all we want, but if, if the inputs say that that plan is not working, do you continue with the plan? Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I totally get it. Um, so, you know, we didn't really plan this, but, I think this would be helpful for people while you're on that subject of your, of the business plan needing to have a certain level of versatility. Why don't you just, I'd love to hear a little bit more of what you think about that quality in general in, in entrepreneurialism and people is adaptability, versatility. Like, why is that so necessary? Well, cause that's reality. That's the way the real world works. You know, new technologies happen, new, um, you can't control what you can't control. You can't control new technology. You can't control what your competitors do. You know, if you've got X product and then your competitor comes out with X plus one, you better make a fucking adjustment or you're going to get smashed. You know what I mean? And people don't do that. They just, they, instead they, you know, they hide their face in the sand and they just let whatever's going to happen, happen. And then they end up out of business. And being able to adjust with the with the ebbs and flows and make decisions on the fly is a huge deal. You know, some people just can't make decisions. Like they can't make decisions at all. You know, you you give them to they see the facts, they see everything, they acknowledge everything, and then they just kind of look and they say, "Well, I don't know." Well, well, what the fuck do you mean you don't know? It says right there what you should do. Just fucking do it. You know, I've never understood why people why they get like that. You know, some people call that paralysis by analysis but it's not that because it's not like you're it's not like you're the facts are very clear sometimes you know like sometimes they're not clear and you've got to make a decision but I'm talking about like the most basic form of decision making some people are incapable of making a fucking decision do you think that the truly genius entrepreneurs or the, or just in general the people who are elite among the successful are the people who know who, who have learned Okay, no. this is what I cannot be flexible on. I am absolutely inflexible on this, but the rest of this stuff, no. I can change. No, 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 no. I do not think that at all. What I think is, is that you've got to const. The reason people will not make a decision is because they're afraid they're going to fail. They're afraid they're going to make the wrong decision. And you know what? And this is p- actually point five. Okay, you are going to make the wrong decisions. That's the part that you have to understand. You have to accept the fact that you're going to be presented with this A, B decisions throughout the course of your life, and many times you're going to, you're going to pick B when you should have picked A. You're going to pick A when you should have picked B. That is the reality of running a business. That's the reality of managing employees. That's the reality of being an employee. You are going to make wrong decisions. You are going to pick the wrong choice. It is going to happen. It is inevitable. It's part of what you are going to do. And if you could accept that and understand that up front, 
And then also understand that it's not about always picking right, but it's about recognizing when you picked wrong and making that adjustment as quickly as possible that determines if you're successful or not. Say that one more time because that was that was gold. So it's not just about picking the right thing. It's knowing quickly that you picked the wrong. It's, it's far more about identifying when you picked the wrong thing quickly than it is about picking the right thing every time. It's far more important. Okay? When you pick... Just like I said, your your mission isn't set in stone or your plans is set in stone. When you pick A, B, just because you picked A doesn't mean you have to stick with A if the next very next fucking day you figure out that A was a bad choice. All right? And then you're like, oh, fuck, well, we should have picked B. And you make the decision quick to go that way. Now, there's a flip side to this. And any entrepreneur who's been in business for any time will tell you, a lot of times, people okay, there's people who can't make decisions, and then there's people who make too many decisions. And those people will go, they'll, they'll, they'll pick A, and they'll let it ride for a day or two or a week when it should take like six months or a year to figure out if it works. And they'll, they'll let it go for two weeks and be like, fuck, we should have picked B. And they'll go to B. And then they'll let B go two weeks, and they're like, fuck, we should pick A. And they'll go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth, and they never give anything enough time to materialize. So... For those people, and there are a lot of you listening are those people because you're impatient, you have to develop what you feel is a realistic timeline up front of how long it's going to take these decisions to materialize, okay? And your ability to stick with, like you asked about sticking with something when, you know, being concrete in it, that's just being patient, and you've got to understand when it's time to be patient and when it's time to make a decision. And that's that's just a savvy, that's like a, you know, that's like an artistic skill. It's not set in stone. You're, you know, it's it's almost like an innate quality that great entrepreneurs have. And the more you exercise that quality, the more comfortable. Yeah, you're going to get in tune yeah. with it. Right. That makes sense. Because like, dude, you, you know, there's going to be times where you go back. Like I've done this. I've gone back from A and B and A and B and A and B and none of them ever fucking worked. And then finally I stuck with one for enough time and then it worked and I'm like, fuck, all that time, it really would just, it would have worked if I just would have been patient. And I remember that lesson and then the next time that happened, I caught myself and I said, hey, uh, you're being, you're doing what you did last time. Let's give this some time. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And you yeah. just learn from those experiences. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really simple, man. <laughs> Nothing teaches like experience. Yeah. It really. But you got to really pay does. attention. Yeah. Yeah. And you got to be able to recall things, you know, like, oh, yeah, I think I've been I've been through a similar situation before. This is where having a good mentor or a friend or somebody, you know, in business, you know, you call them up, you say, hey, um, what do you think of this? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Somebody who's done it, though, you don't. I don't ever really ask my managers and, and people like because a lot of times when you try to make a decision about now, my team. I, my team is the exception, like those dudes want to fucking win, but. If you're if you're a guy in a regular company and you haven't developed proper culture, you're not going to get the true answer from your managers because they're going to pick whatever's going to be easiest, hmm. most likely. Yeah. And then that's a culture problem. That's a whole nother fucking podcast. Yeah. Okay. So let me take a moment just to uh, to review the five boogeymen who don't exist. Uh, things that entrepreneurs fear that really aren't threats. Number one is a bad economy. Number two, the idea that someone is going to steal my idea. 
Number three, I found out someone thought of my idea already. Number four, I'm worried because I've deviated from my original business plan. And number five, I'm worried because I'm going to fail. Now, I have a related question that I'd love for you to wrap up with. But before I do, humor me for a second. Uh, I know people appreciate learning a little bit of biographical information about the MF CEO. So tell me, when you were a little kid, what scared the crap out of you? Since we're talking about fear. Man, dude. Is there a movie? You know what's so weird? Freddy Krueger. No, no, no. Like, dude, I could never watch any horror movies when I was a kid, ever. Like, if it was scary at all, I couldn't watch it at all. Because I was scared. And then I also never did roller coasters, ever. Oh, really? Yeah, and now... Those two things are probably like two of my favorite things. Like I exclusively watch horror movies. And I saw. Yeah, I love them. I watch every yeah. I watch them all. That's like my favorite genre of movie. Um and now, you know, uh I love roller coasters. So it's really weird. Like it's When was the last time you were on a roller coaster? I don't know. It's yeah. been a while. I don't yeah. go to that kind of shit anymore. Yeah, I was gonna say. But I mean if I was if I did go, I would right. I would rather roller coasters. Right. Okay, so my question, I mean, related to fear, is we've talked about the things that aren't really threats to people. Um, what is a threat? Like, what should entrepreneurial, uh, what should entrepreneurs be afraid of? You know, I think most people who are in an entrepreneurial position, a, a mindset of entrepreneurship and that you guys have to understand we're not talking about people who actually own a business exclusively if you're going to be successful at any level in any organization you need to have the core values of an entrepreneur okay so when i talk about entrepreneurship i'm not talking about business owner i'm talking about a whole principle of thinking and i think people who are in that position of entrepreneurial thinking spend so much time worrying about the shit that doesn't fucking matter when they could be spending that entire amount of time developing skills, practicing skills, learning new skills. And that's what ultimately handicaps most people. Now, are there things that you should be afraid of? Absolutely. You know, how about being afraid of doing things half-ass? How about being afraid of being mediocre? How about being afraid of not doing things to the top of your capabilities over and over and over again? You know, that's something to be afraid of. That's something that's going to ruin you in real life. Not, you know, in your brain. Not it's a pretend fear. That can really ruin you. Okay? And the other thing would be even a more extreme version of that is not doing anything. Okay, not doing anything, being the guy who goes in the corner, tries to go on notice, uh, shows up, clocks in, clocks out, takes a paycheck home, doesn't do shit, and and wonders why he's not getting promoted, why he's not growing, why he's not making more money. So many people in this life think that the more time you put in, the more money you make, and it's not that way. We're a value-driven economy. The more you contribute, the more money you make. That's it. So. I think the two real fears are obviously being mediocre or being completely inactive and uninvolved and not even in the fucking game. Those are things you should be afraid of. Those are things that will ruin your life. They will, they will, they will not only keep you from doing what you want to do, but at the end of the day, and even worse than not doing what you want to do, is you're going to regret all the time wasted that you would have been doing the things that you want to do. You know, and I can't think of much worse than like, you know, getting sick or being 
you know, at the end of your life and thinking, man, you know, I could have been great, but instead I chose to stick my head in the sand. You know what I mean? I mean, I think that's shit you should be afraid of. Worst thing to say about any life, what might have been. Right, right, exactly. Yeah. And I think that's what we're trying to avoid, right? Yeah, definitely. So. And we're all, we all have to work at it. Right. You know? So good stuff, man. Yeah. So any final thoughts? Yeah. Or? So guys, again, um, if you found value in the podcast, well, first of all, stop fucking wasting time worrying about shit that doesn't matter. Worry about shit that does matter. You know what I mean? Which is only a couple things that I just named. The rest of that time you should be using to be productive. And the more productive you are, the more skills you learn, the more, the better you are, the less you worry. You know? And that's, it feels good not to worry. So put in the work there instead of putting the work in some area that doesn't have any payoff. Uh, but like I said in the beginning, guys, reviews are huge for us. Please leave us a review on iTunes. It'd take five minutes to do it. Um, if you're confused about how to do that, you can go to themfco.com forward slash review. And we'll or, show you exactly how to do it. Yes. Or themfceo.com forward slash subscribe. And it'll show you exactly how we need it to be done. Because, guys, our ranking in the podcast world is almost exclusively is almost exclusively determined by subscriptions and reviews. So if we're not getting those the proper way, they don't. it doesn't count how many downloads we have, which we have more downloads than some of the best podcasts mm-hmm. in the world. Easily. So, guys, if you, if you could do that for us, that would be super huge. Uh, and then the third thing, is what I mentioned, is if you found value, if you know someone – you know, realize this is a movement. We're standing up against the shit that has been embedded in our brains for the last 25 years. And we're trying to bring back what has made this country great. And if you feel like you have friends that want to be a part of that, please bring them along for the journey. Let them know about the podcast, have them follow along, you know, bring them to us because guys, we don't market this. It's all word of mouth. Our success is entirely dependent on exactly what we preach in the podcast. Are we putting out an amazing product and are people talking about it? So just reminding you guys, you know, please talk about it when you have the chance. Would you recommend people to, if they're going to recommend that people start listening to the podcast, would you recommend that they just start with the most recent or would you recommend like win the day? Uh, I usually tell people to start like either episode 100 or one or whatever whatever people find value in like hey yeah. if you whatever your favorite one is have like you scroll through the topics yeah. so to speak yeah what you you know i don't think it matters where you start yeah most people that start end up listening to all of them right so sure. um but guys anyway uh that's it for today thank you guys so much we'll hit you with thursday thunder this week go out and kick some ass <laughs> <laughs>